The Deep Dive presents the fifth-year option NFL Draft Podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by Betsburgs. Hey! What up? It's my lead. It is March 23rd. Free agency slowing down a little. It's, uh, I don't know, we talked to Eric Eager on the Deep Dive last night about it too, about just like the, the people that are available in free agency. A lot of time it's like, hey, if this guy's actually good and he's at a position of value, a lot of times he's not actually a free agent. He's a free agent that's just going to resign with this team anyway. So hasn't been a ton of massive bangers, but as I did my last mock draft, which came out earlier this week, I did start to look at some of these like, uh, holy shit, what is this team doing? Like this team hasn't signed any of these players. Is this just clearly something they're going to start looking at once the draft comes? I don't know. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your temperature before we get into like the actual betting markets that are open? Cause I'm, that's all I want to do now. I'm so jacked. <laughs> Like what's, um, what's your actual temperature on the effect of uh, free agency over the last couple of weeks on some of these, I mean, any pick, not just top 10 picks? So I want to say like the most, like in terms of like the early picks, I think the general assumption was like lines are going to be less interested in a corner. And you've been seeing the mocks gradually resonate towards guys like Tyree because of it. Yeah. And then FanDuel dropped a bunch of like team to draft position last night. And corner is has become the heavy favorite. It opened up as like a short dog, like second favorite. I think it was like plus one fifty. And now it's minus one forty. Um, so clearly that is somewhat I mean, it's so sensitive. It's not like it's a sharp move, who knows? But someone was betting cornerback. Um I really, I think more tackles are going to go because of all these tackles getting paid. Like, honestly, like nothing really has drastically changed in terms of how I'm looking at things. Yeah, I guess the Eagles I, re-signed like guys like Slay, and that makes the tenth pick a little bit more interesting. And they, I mean, but, they do it for a reason, obviously, because they don't want to have to price things that they're going to get you know, the shit stomped out of them on, but I wish these markets were up a little earlier because you do get some over, over uh, I mean, the overreactions you just see in like chats or, you know, group messages that you're talking with people, like when the lions sign some cornerbacks, it's like, Oh man, are they going quarterback? Are they going D line? And as always a good, uh, a good voice of reason in my life has always been our German friend Suma. And he just brought up like, here's the contract situations for, not only the guys they signed, the guys they have on roster. It's like the Lions still could probably use a corner. And I went that way in my mock, but wouldn't surprise me if there were other directions taken, like if Tyree's on the board, if something like that. So something to watch. I know that's those are markets I mean, that we've we've had luck with those markets in the past. I, I have at least. I know I know you've hit a couple of those where it's just like, hey, this is not not even like mispriced. It's just like we know who the pick is. So fact that yeah. it's not minus infinity now it is mispriced at that point so i don't think it was we just had this many last year <laughs> i mean vandal put them up at like 11 o'clock eastern time last night or like 10 30 where like the majority like it, it was just like I, there's like so i'm like checking all day and then when it gets to like 10 11 i'll check a little i guess and luckily i checked and saw it on Fandle, which it was buried at the bottom um, but I was like, holy shit, they just added, like, I want to say, like, five to ten exact team props. Um, and I took a few, like, 
like if there were other things to bet, I probably wouldn't have taken these. Um, I just took them to, it was like, I'm just dying for over-unders and I need to feed the draft addiction, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I mean, over-unders have to be coming soon. Um, we heard that they're coming out, coming this week, DraftKings prior to Friday. And my initial inclination was they're going to do it before March Madness on Thursday. Maybe wait for a few mocks like Jeremiah setting the lines or whatever, uh, which like yesterday I generally thought they were going to come and they just haven't. Yeah. Oh, and we, we did, uh, we talked to somebody, a couple of people talked to him over at DraftKings said it's soon. So we should have over by the, I feel like by the time you and I get together next week, we'll be talking about some over-unders, but before we get to your positional group stuff, I did, kind of want to focus in on those like uh, the markets are listed as position of Chicago Bears first drafted player and it lists right. you know positions offensive lineman is a favorite defensive lineman plus 250 i think there is some obvious correlation between some of these you know if you if you really think you know what's going on with Seattle and you know that the, it's going to be Tyreek or or Tyreek uh, Tyree or you know it's going to be a quarterback like there's definite correlation with what happens at uh, number six with the Lions. So I feel like a lot of these, you can't just make one bet. If you have some conviction or you have some information, it feels like these are, you have to click two or three things in every time. Because if you're truly hearing like, hey, uh, you know, I know someone, the Seattle Seahawks are going to take Richardson or something that just isn't conventional wisdom, isn't being mocked out a lot. Like that really changes the sixth pick and the lions right. suddenly aren't, Hey, we have to take who we like between Gonzalez and uh, why, why can't I think of the kid from Illinois right now? Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Yeah. You know, at, the, at that point it's like, man, Carter's on the board. Tyree Wilson's on the board. There's a, and, and at that point you assume three quarterbacks are gone. So maybe their plans of drafting quarterback are a little lesser. So if, if you do something, <laughs> You know, with the fifth pick in this market, you almost have to add something a little bit and say, oh, well, I, I think this changes, you know, drastically changes what the Lions are going to be doing. And I kind of got to bet defensive linemen too. I haven't bet into these mostly because I'm in a state that I can't. Um, but uh, luckily, and I pointed this out to Luke earlier, I'm, dra- I'm, a, I'm an assistant coach for a pretty good 11-year-old volleyball team. And we are playing like three minutes from Iowa on Saturday, so I'll have some things in the hopper. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a few bullets in the chamber when I get head down there and bet some of these. So, um, and and I mean, so I've had a bunch of buddies. So I've like a bunch of buddies from home in Massachusetts that are always like eager for the draft props, et cetera. But they've always been betting on credit books, which put them up way late. Um, yeah. Massachusetts going legal. Did someone, did Dan just speak? No, that was you. I didn't hear anything. God, I'm hearing things. I'm too excited for old runners. Um, And Mass went legal. And I was shocked that Massachusetts, which the whole process of them going legal has been like a nightmare. Convoluted as fuck. I totally thought it was going to be like the New York rules where they weren't going to offer any like of these types of bets where draft props are available in Massachusetts. Ohio just turned them on yesterday, approved them. Uh, so there are going to be more states than ever with the availability to bet the draft this year. 
And maybe that's why they're waiting. Who knows? Um, but yeah, those guys just talking some rag with those guys. That'll be <laughs> fun. Yeah, congrats, congrats to Mass. It's been a weird process there. Um, on my end, the affiliate part of it has been super weird, but it is good. They're up and they're running. Draft props are up. What else was was there anything else added to FanDuel? I'm just starting to spin through that now. I saw everyone mentioned the you know like the exact one. I think the Green Bay is one is interesting too. I was yeah, surprised. Which... I was surprised to see offensive linemen. Essentially, they have offensive linemen, tight end, wide receiver priced pretty closely. I would have thought it would have been tight end, wide receiver, and then offensive linemen, kind of a third favorite. That one yeah. stuck out with me right away. And then also the um, the Eagles one, just being defensive linemen as a heavy favorite. The fact that they're 10th, uh, a, lot of, a lot of what happens in front of them is going to dictate what goes on with that for sure. And if nobody has an offensive lineman at that point, I know they need interior line help, but it's that's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities that they they trade back or just say fuck it, we're taking a tackle. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. It, and when, it can get weird once you get past like the first six seven. And when the when the odds came out last night, honestly, my first reaction was like, meh. Like there really wasn't anything that was catching my mm-hmm. eye. Um, and I want to say I took a few. And which the few I took, um, and again, these were just taking based off of like, like just needing something to bet in the draft. Um, and at these odds, I was still meh, and a lot of them I moved. I won't even go over the odds because, like, I mean, a few of them are close, but like, I took Falcons running back, which if you're into this, like, I took it for the sole reason that they were offering Falcons running back at plus 3,400 and DraftKings has Bijan to the Falcons at plus 750 and FanDuel at the current time had him at plus 1400. So it was like, that's a no brainer. And then I took Raiders cornerback plus 430, took Packers tight end plus 500. And then one that is one that it's honestly just a personal opinion. Cause I put, I ran all the mocks that I'm tracking, which is that, about 29 right now and i just ran it see how many positions are getting picked by this team which falcons offensive line which is plus i took plus 600 the mocks i only have one uh, but i just can't get out of my head that i feel like it's still a realistic possibility i mean all of these have moved except for that offensive lineman one um but like going through the mocks and I mean, they even have the Patriots, which if looking at the, it's like it's just spread out across the board, which good luck. Like if figuring out what team Bajan is going to is tough, just butchered his name. Figuring out who the pass are going to draft is tough. Like just don't even look at that one. Um, but Packers a tight like Packers tight end. Twenty one percent of the mocks have them taking a tight end. Raiders cornerback I have at twenty eight percent. And then them taking a QBs at 52, which yeah. I'm taking a QB is somewhat heavy. Um, they opened the Titans offensive line at plus 150, which regret oh, not I'd, taking yeah. that. I, I wish I'd have been up for that. I was going to ask you. That was my next question I had kind of chambered here. It's like even at minus 200, that's probably, that's probably short. I know no, they I can was... go a lot of directions. I'm not going to be betting into minus 200s on – Hey, this is what they should do. Everybody thinks they need to. 
the fact that they're a little further down the board. I, I think the further you get from the top pick, the less likely I would be to bet the favorite, the conventional wisdom, the everybody says they need this. It's clear that they need a corner. They have to get it. You know, like, uh, I think Minnesota is one of them. I'm trying to look. I thought I thought I saw Vikings. Maybe I've uh, maybe I'm mistaken at this point. Bears, Titans, Lions. Never mind. I was looking. I was looking at a different sheet. I was looking at the Hand and Hooker thing. The oh. Hand and Hooker thing too. It feels like that price is sitting where it is just because of one one specific mock draft. And I certainly wouldn't bet right. Hand and Hooker to be a Viking at eleven to one. I think uh, a lot more likely on some of those other teams. The Vikings probably shouldn't be a favorite there, but the the further the, anyway. The point I was making is, yeah, like Falcons, Bears, Lions stuff. You you can take some punts on those, but once you get down to like the Packers or the Patriots or something, betting betting into the favorite, betting into even what the mocks have favored, what you have as your most likely doesn't feel like the right move. Feels oh, like. It feels like grabbing value, like you said, grabbing a longer number on something is kind of the move there because. Which is why I didn't really like no. when you're first opening it up, you're looking for those plus 500s, et cetera, that are just wrong. Yeah. Um, where the Titans at plus 150 might as well have been plus 500 because like it was just wrong. And now I think it's. Oh, you weren't. Now it's minus 200. <laughs> so that was a huge mess. Um, that I was just overlooking a short price that sh- just was wrong and it was light and uh, general like again like the all of them were just meh like honestly they priced them pretty well um, like tight end is three to one now for the Packers I think the Fal- the Falcons honestly is probably the most interesting one or the Lions where the Lions cornerback has moved and kind of pushed defensive line up to the point that definitely makes it interesting where corner was like plus 150 last night and D line, I think was like lower or like, I don't even remember what it was, but D line at plus 175 for the Lions is interesting, even quarterback for them. Um, but the Falcons, I think is the one that's very much up in the air um, that you can make an argument for a lot of these. Yeah. And the, the Lions to me feels strong and it, it's not the same situation because the giants were going to get both things anyway last year the giants picked it you know they picked it five and seven and they did end up with um was it thibodeau and then evan neal and that was a that was a spot where it's like hey they have both picks so it's really tough to know what's going to happen they're just going to they're going to let the other teams make those decisions for them and if like Hutchinson were have to, you know have to fall in and Thibodeau went first, they probably maybe go, maybe they go Icky or Neil at that point with the fifth pick. So it, it is really tricky. I think the Lions' pick is going to depend on what happens in front of him, and I'm not super excited to like jump into that market. I'd be yeah. more I'd be more excited about taking some long shots on Green Bay, who's proven that they don't always draft. And that's the other thing too, knowing some of these teams, especially you know Green Bay and Green Bay and New England. It's not like we're trying to figure out new GMs, new front offices. These are teams that have been, you know, the front office has been together for a bit. We kind of know what they like. I think it would be really, really, really funny for the Packers to take a wide receiver in the first round, like as the first pick after the Rodgers era. Uh, Sam, like that's just, that's just objectively the funniest pick 
for years. That would be hilarious. But it, you have seen them like Green Bay just c- kind of seems to take whatever they feel like. like mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't see and I, I had them mocked in the first, but I didn't see them taking a linebacker last year. I'm, I'd have to go check Good. out my final mic on there. It was kind of like, hey, and you know, way further down the board, they drafted 22nd last year. And there was a bit of a run, I think, uh, corner. There was a corner that went off the board right before them. There were some tackles that were already gone. They had a lot of different needs, and they addressed them later. I think that's where I'm kind of out on wide receiver because they've seen – it seems like a team who's been happy to, hey, let's just take some punts at wide receiver late. And let's try – instead of, like, wasting it and going all in on – we think this is the best wide receiver in the draft – or the second best if someone's been taken. We're going to take four more tomorrow and hope one of those guys works out. So it's it's starting to solidify as a tight end spot for me, and I hate that because I wouldn't want to take a tight end that I. Yeah, and I think the, the few that are left that are interesting are like, – I'm not – they're not – like the odds aren't sexy enough for me to have interest at this point, but like, the Raiders – Raiders cornerback is at plus 380, which I have them going corner at 28%, which is basically like if they don't go QB, you would assume it's a corner because they didn't trade up and someone else traded up for QB. That won't be there for them, um, maybe. And then what's the other one? The Lions D-line right now. Like Lions D-line at plus 175. I have them like 50% D-line um, mm-hmm. in corner at like 41, um, which that feels like a good price. And then the last one I would say is where to go. I'm curious. How often do you have the Raiders taking an offensive offensive tackle? Uh, 10%. Okay. It's weird how just you're not seeing it in any mocks. Maybe people feel like it's just it's a little too early, but it's a big position of need for them. And I think it's like really if I think everyone's just waiting for the Cardinals pick if who they traded to, yeah, um, and kind of assuming that the Raiders are one of the trade partners, or like I don't think they would take Levis if he fell. Um, Maybe, but yeah, I would agree. Like. I would say offensive line is probably just as likely as corner. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. If there's a if there's a situation where somebody hops them and we go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback because the third pick is traded to a team that wants to take a QB and the guy that's left is not who the Raiders wanted, I'm I'm taking Paris Johnson at that pick. That's kind of what I'm doing. Like yeah. uh I guess the court the corners would be out there. But at, at the same time, like you're still drafting behind another team that might be taking a corner. So at that point, if you know, if the maybe the Colts had moved at that point, I'm really if it goes three quarterbacks in a row, then you obviously have the situation with like what the fuck do the Colts do? But you could be at a spot where the quarterback you like is gone, sitting at seven, and the cornerback that you like was taken by possibly Detroit. And then all of a sudden, I guess, yeah, you're in the market for an offensive tackle at that point. So I don't hate that at three to one. I think I think quarterback is priced a little heavy, considering uh, 
you know, they have a lot of needs and everybody just assumes when you bring in Jimmy G, it's not, that's not like your plan for the year because it's Jimmy G. I think he's a good enough quarterback where, Hey, we didn't get the guy we want. Let's not force it and just take the sloppy second leftovers and get whatever quarterbacks left out of the four. Even if he's not our guy, I would go, I would go tackle there like eight times out of 10 if my QB is not there. Yeah. And I mean, like the odds that Fando put out were honestly pretty good. Yeah. Where wouldn't even these wouldn't even be worth talking about to this extent if it wasn't the first market that's been added for a couple of weeks. Um, Fando also added number three pick odds, which was one that was surprising because adding odds, like I've, all, I've been under the assumption that the over and unders aren't coming because they're kind of just waiting or on what the Cardinals do for the same reasons that they're waiting for the bears where you can't really price a guy like Will Anderson, who I would put at like three and a half. If the team that is the heavy favorite to take him moves back um, where you just take the over three and a half right now and assume they trade. And then when it comes out again, you take the under or whatever it is, um, unless it is, yeah, I couldn't do that. But um, where they have Will Anderson at even odds, and then Anthony Richardson at Anthony Richardson at two to one, which it opened. I want to say at Will Anderson minus one twenty, and Richardson was like plus two fifty. Um, so a couple, of, a little money, I guess, is coming on Richardson. Um, where I think the Cardinals trading out is very likely, but I don't think it's yeah. as likely as everyone is implying which rob staten which we haven't brought him up in a couple of shows goat um made a very like he posted his which i love how he still calls it blogs like he's like new blog new blog on twitter which is just great we should um, call this a, a vlog that's what we're doing <laughs> we're just doing a video blog today uh we, we should get him on here let me go ask him um yeah i'd talk to him <laughs> um but he he's like he doesn't think the Cardinals are going to trade out which if the Cardinals don't trade out, Will Anderson might as well be minus 500. I was going to um, say the, the, the current odds, even money, plus 100. It doesn't imply 50-50 because there's a lot of vig in a market like this, but we'll just say it does because it's close to goddamn enough. So mm-hmm. saying 50-50, it's probably fairish. And it's it's silly to even have, like, I, I guess be, there are bigger numbers, but Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter being in this market feels silly. I think if they stay there, it does just feel like Will An- like Will Anderson should be a big minus number. Jalen Carter, obviously the off the field stuff, and Tyree Wilson is just you know it's not held in the same regard as Will Anderson at this point. So it should it feels like it should be Will Anderson and then all the quarterbacks, and then at that point you got to have a grip on what's happening at one or two. But that that was the question I'm leading to is like does Bryce Young at twenty to one intrigue you at all? Because it feels like if things if things don't happen until draft day, and there's a spot where uh, you know Bryce Young is not in the top two picks for some reason, the you know the info is wrong on Houston. Houston didn't like him as much, went a different direction. Maybe we we do get the goofiness of Richardson first, and then Houston's just like, well, fuck it, you're just gonna hand me C.J. Stroud. I'm gonna take him, and then at that point. If the you know if the Arizona Cardinals are still holding their pick, it feels like uh, they're getting a call the moment that 
uh, Bryce Young is still on the board at three. They're getting probably multiple calls at that point. I just I, don't. I, know. Just, I don't. Getting him past like getting him past Houston is is it twenty to one enough? Is kind of what I'm saying. Houston um, and Carolina. Like I would honestly be, and I know I'm not Solak, not me, me either, but I know Solak said how knowing what the Texans want to do is like the mystery of all mysteries. Yeah. But like I would have more interest at in Stroud at three, whatever his odds are. Yeah, I would at where like if Richardson goes one, like I'm still convinced that the Texans are going Bryce. Where if the Texans have the number one pick, I'd be convinced that the Texans are taking Bryce over Stroud. Where yeah. I still feel like Stroud or Bryce goes two, like Richardson, Bryce, Stroud, or Stroud. Bryce Richardson. This is how I see you're, it. You're kind of you're kind of betting a parlay here. So let's an exacta. <laughs> let's say that you know. Let's say the the strongest signal between quarterback team love fest right now is you know Bryce Young and Houston. Like that's you know those those teams are that team likes that player, and then there's a chance he's not there. There's a chance that he's in Carolina. I guess that's a that's a thing, but let's assume that much. So and then at this point, you're placing a parlay that Anthony and Richardson goes first and the Cardinals are trading and you'd get, you know, you'd get a, a 16 to one at that point, which is probably about fair because Richardson going first overall is somewhere in that, what, six, eight, 10 to range at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eight. Eight to one, yeah, eight to one plus even times even money is about a fifteen to one parlay. So you're getting about it's about even, or it's about equal value at that point. But it is some of these, basically everything you're doing after the first pick is like betting a parlay. This happens and this happens and the, this team trades. And I do it just in my head the way I'm looking at things. I'm probably about the same spot as you. I don't think Carol or Arizona has to trade the pick, but I would say it's fifty fifty because uh, yeah, how I'd many times. Like- there's there's enough I'd, teams that need a quarterback and they're they're in a good spot. I'd say it's 70 30. 70 they're trading. But yeah. like I honestly think the perception is like 90 10. Yeah, the, they're they're trading it like the Bears pick where like yeah. why in the world would they pick? Because have you met Will Anderson? Like mm-hmm. if you can't get the deal you want, you still end up with a very high end defensive player. And they have enough holes. I mean, they're they're out up there as far as worst record. I mean, they're one of the teams that's favorite for worst record. It's a bad team that has a lot of holes to fill. And, you know, maybe at that point they're not so worried about draft picks because maybe they get some draft picks for next year by trading away a wide receiver. I mean, I'd Which, love to see Arizona Cardinals positional odds where I would like, I think cornerback would be priced way too high, um, which is definitely one where like, if they trade with the – which is – happening if they traded the team like the Raiders to seven yeah, or guys like Will Anderson and Tyree probably won't be there. Um, and I honestly don't think a guy like Christian Gonzalez is like them settling. Like, I think that would still be a slam dunk for them. No, I, I think defensive line slash edge and corner are their three biggest needs. And I think most of the, the consensus, the I keep saying conventional wisdom, the consensus among the mocks is going defensive line or edge because they're drafting third. Like if they were sitting in the Lions or even the Raiders or the Falcons spot, 
I, I don't think it'd be like, oh, they have to be taking someone up front because I think most of it is just, well, Will Anderson's going to be on the board, so they're probably going defensive linemen. Right. But if they were sitting a little further back, as far as needs go, they need cornerback just as much, if not more at some point. So the fact that they could trade back, get a big haul, and still end up in the high-end corner, that checks out. So I, I'm with you there. Hopefully they put that market up soon. Yeah, they have to. Like, come I on. think that all the ones like that that are fun, they're just leaving. It's like, hey, team to draft JSN. Like, that's not a fun market. I know. I mean, like, and yeah, I mean, there's just, like, I think after, like, Hennon Hooker's odds came down because Jeremiah, which Jeremiah's mock definitely, like, Ma- I mean, it matters. I, I started seeing I started seeing Hooker in the first round today um, in a couple of mocks, which I'm like, if Jeremiah didn't put him there, do you think these people would be mocking Hennon Hooker in the first? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's shot. a copy mock drafting's a copycat league, you know, and that's oh, what it is. I I know, and I looked at mine too. I went back and looked at it after the the you know the Jeremiah steam around Hennon Hooker. I'm just like, I can't. I can't have a team reaching for him. Like essentially it would be somebody doing the Lamar thing, which I hate to make the comparison because Lamar obviously turned out a lot, a lot better than, you know, the draft position went, but it feels like if somebody really, really likes Hendon hooker, they're not doing what, what uh, we saw with Jeremiah's mock. They're reaching into the first, like they're giving the Eagles or the chiefs or somebody extra picks so they can get their fifth-year option, quick plug in the name. But, like, that that checks out. Like, I could see a fifth quarterback just sneaking in like that. But, yeah, I, I was a little I was a little weirded out by the, the Hendon Hooker stuff. I just – I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it with any of these quarterbacks, really. Neither. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're really – Stroud's odds came down. Like, they went up, then they started coming down. Mm-hmm. And then after his pro day, which – we see this every every year with pro days just the odds are going to fluctuate the day of because no matter what like pro days are essentially a rigged event like yeah players that don't work out fully or partially and wait until their pro day like it is extremely hard to screw up your pro day like extremely hard and i think the only guy i can think of that's ever had a bad pro day is kyle hamilton last year who he ran that like four seven and he fell, but like you always like you are going to every player is going to excel at their pro day, and there's always going to be hype tweets, hype media hyping them at their pro day after their pro day, and you're just going to see the odds react to that. Which after the Bears trade, Strada went up to minus like four hundred, and then it started creeping down when you got guys like Thomas Davis on NFL Network saying. Richardson, then you got Jeremiah or McShay saying they still think Bryce is going one, and then it starts coming down. I think it got to like minus 150, minus 175 at one point. And then Stroud's Pro Day happened yesterday, and you see all these tweets about all the coaches, the, yeah, can't talk, the Panthers coaches in front offices, body language, and how they're all buddy buddy and they're going to have a game of horse, et cetera. And then his odds are all, went all the way back up to 400. Yep. Now they're they came back a little to they got in the two hundred range this morning. Now they're a little bit back up to three hundred. Like I still think it's Stroud, 
Um, I think my conviction on it started to waver a little bit as like last week when we started seeing guys like Mishay and Jeremiah say they think it's Bryce, um, where like I guess the pro day yesterday brought it back up to like normalizing my confidence, but yeah. it didn't make it go above anywhere that it hasn't been to date. And that, that's real, real quick. I want to touch on pro day stuff because, and somebody in the chat brought it up. Like it's a rigged game. It's set up for you to look good. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, here's all the drills. We're, we're telling you exactly what you need to do. We've already got it planned. You can essentially practice for this and be ready to go out there and look great. Doesn't, does that all just add up to like Jalen Carter did that on purpose? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I hate I hate to be tinfoil hat guy, but I mean, it's so hard to like fuck up a pro day. You say it just happens so infrequently, and if there ever was a guy that had every incentive to, all right, I gotta I gotta tighten this up because of you know my legal issues. I need to go up and have a perfect pro day now, and then he just didn't. He just felt it felt like he just doesn't give a shit at this point. I, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot I mean, of sense to me. It's just. George's pro day was only like two weeks after the combine, which the first day of the combine is when everything hit the fan where if it was me in that situation and I was like getting arrested or whatever, like everything else in my life would be second fiddle. And that would be the, I like would lose sleep over it where to me, like common sense kind of gives him, like that, that's excuse. i mean that's the other theory is like <laughs> like he definitely wasn't like training like he should be normally because he either yeah. wasn't available because he had all that to worry about or his head just wasn't in the game which he definitely should have a personal pro day like next month and i would be shocked if he just didn't dominate it yeah no and that's the other you know that's the excuse i hate to use it excuse has a bit of a negative connotation but it's like a viable excuse hey he had court dates and he had meetings with lawyers and he had to take care of this to make sure he didn't end up in bigger trouble than, you know, to, you know, minimize the amount of trouble he was going to be in with this legally. Like that kind of checks out. He probably wasn't yeah. as focused in on, Hey, I need to do all these drills so I can look really good at my pro day because kind of, you know, and it sucks to say this sort of stuff, but it's, it's kind of how the news cycle works anymore. And I always bring up, I always bring up like school shootings for this because the news cycle moves so much faster now. And maybe you're too young for this, Luke, because you're, you're just so much younger than me. But like Columbine was a big deal for like months. I mean, that was a huge news story. And now it's like a, a school shooting is like a, a day. And then the, the next day, the, the news cycle has moved on past that. Like right. things move so much faster every single year in the news cycle that this Jalen Carter, you know, the further we get from that day where that presser came out or that news came out, the less teams are going to have to be like, oh, it's a character concern. But like, uh, did that even happen? We're going to sit here in like three weeks and be like, was that even this year? I know. Do you, do you remember when Jalen Carter got in trouble? Was that even a thing? Like, just so quick. So by and- the time we, we hit like April 15th, it, it feels like we're going to be talking about you know, it's Tyree at five, but what if it's Jalen Carter? Or, you know, yeah. last week people were like, he's falling to 15 and. Uh, just... Oh, no way. And I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dietitian or anything, but the bigger guys can fall apart a lot quicker in terms of like 
putting on weight and becoming out of shape than yeah like a like a wide receiver etc that a lot of it's just like natural ability that they don't need to be watching what they eat as much i guess you could say yeah. where like i it's it's a legitimate excuse it's a it's a bad excuse that is legitimate to me that gives him a second chance if he does a personal pro day that would wipe the slate clean on everything that i saw because he looked really bad at the georgia pro day yeah like like really really bad and but I'm, again we, we we're not gms yeah we're, we're not but we're people and we understand how life works and <laughs> and I, I can seriously see a gm having the same kind of reasoning that we just had like if he goes and has a really good pro day like a personal pro day I feel like a lot of GMs will just be like, all right, well, he didn't get in that much trouble. He seems remorseful. That pro day was like right on the heels of like a court date. Uh, I'm going to give him a pass on that. He's obviously a stud. We have all this tape. We have these stats. We saw him play. And now we see this personal pro day and he looks good and he just shoots back up. And, and like that whole like news cycle aspect that you're speaking to, like just looking at my mocks where like last week I'm seeing him like, earliest at nine for the bears yeah 19 23 like on some and then this week it's like lions are his like it's like a lot of lions a lot of bears where the bears are his basically his ceiling um where it's just like everyone already forgot about it but like the week of it happening like the mocks that i'm looking at were just throwing him in 23 is (laughs) wild I mean, that had to have been McShay. I think it was because McShay has, which McShay 100% nailed the whole character thing. No one was like, told you so, stronger than McShay. Um, and he feels strongly about this, right? I, I don't yeah. think we're going to see a mock with him having Jalen. Yeah, McShay high. has to. Now, at this point, McShay can't put him high because he was the guy that said Uh-oh. character issues first, foremost, and the hardest. So, like, uh, McShay yeah. kind of ha- he has he has that like he has to have him locked a little lower than people. So, that's a it's, good. That's kind of a cra- grain of thought for some of the or grain of thought, grain of salt thought, kind of for some of these mocks. Like, know some of the reasoning, like why this guy has somebody low or somebody high, because sometimes just something as stupid as that. Like, yeah, and like Jeremiah to too. up his stuff. Yeah, like Jeremiah specifically too. Where like the two guys, like <laughs> McChrystal has Jalen at twenty-seven, Staten has him at fifteen. Which Staten is very strong on his character issues, um, but Jeremiah, like he definitely has guys he's planted his flag on that he's just gonna put ahead. Where Witherspoon's one. What's his Kincaid's another that he just like you can you just know he loves. I mean, he to the point where if you were listening to him at the combine, how much he was loving Stroud, um, which is a shocker that he doesn't have Stroud one, but like he's gonna have Witherspoon ahead of Gonzalez, he's gonna have Kincaid yep. ahead of Mayer just because he has him that much rated better, um, on his big board, which isn't like the same thing as Jalen Carter, but it's like each guy having need to understand where it might not be he doesn't know something like jeremiah doesn't have intel on witherspoon going to the lions over christian he just has him rated that much higher um, yeah. so he's going to put him there because he thinks he'll take a corner you're kind of you're leading into my this is really my big final thought that i have this week is watching stuff like that and let's use witherspoon gonzalez and skaronsky 
Paris for those examples. Like there are guys like that who don't just do mocks, but they do mocks extensively. They're reporting all week that their whole timeline is about this sort of stuff. And they're putting up positional groupings like that. Like here's my rankings for all the offensive linemen. And they clearly are constantly, let's say just Witherspoon over Gonzo every single time, every single mock they put out in February and March has Witherspoon going over Gonzalez. You know, even if the rest of the consensus is flip flopped or it's 50, 50, like watch for somebody like that who does flip flop late because mm-hmm. Daniel Jeremiah flip flopping on those two, or somebody who has a strong conviction of Skaronsky going first, flip flopping on those two linemen. Like if it's if it's within a week or two of the draft, they didn't do that for shits and giggles. That's usually right, exactly. That, that's that's where there's some signals to some of the informational stuff. Like, oh, he just flipped something that he had a strong take on. And you can tell, like, the fact that he had those two corners in this positional order in February was his opinion. He's doing it in April. It's not opinion anymore. He's hearing things and he knows, you know, more teams are interested in this guy. Maybe he's he's smart enough and I think, you know, humble enough to realize like I have my opinion, but again, we keep saying it over and over. It doesn't matter what my opinion is for the most part. Like the team likes this guy. I'm going to have to flip flop him. I'd rather have the mock right than, you know, be right about something I said three months ago. So something to watch for. With the big mocks, especially the guys who've been very, very singularly focused in on, uh, I mean, Kincaid and uh, Myers, another one too, where some guys, or just or just guys who have way too many tight ends in the first round, and you start to see that start to fade away and just be like, well, they're talking to their sources and nobody's talking about like, hey, I really like this third tight end and we're looking at him at 27 or whatever. So right. kind of some stuff to watch for, for sure. And yeah, and like Jeremiah, like the one guy that I'm starting to see pop up that Jeremiah had in his like Will McDonald is definitely gaining a lot of traction. Kuiper's been on him since day one. Um, where McDonald's someone who I, there's a couple of guys that are starting, their stock is rising um, into yeah. the first round. Where like McDonald's won, and the one the like. I'm not even like I, I can't like I'm speechless about pronouncing this guy's name, but the D lineman from Northwestern. I'll, I'll try for like just so you can I'm, laugh. But I'm excited. Atomawa Adabawore. Like I literally have no idea. Like, like what? Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I, you know, I think you nailed it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know. I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> like, uh, but I started at the D lineman out of Northwestern. Uh, He's getting – He's his stock is definitely going up. And then the D-lineman out of – another another tough one. The D-line out of Kansas State, Felix <laughs> and Aduke Uzumwa. Yeah. He's another one that I'm starting to see a pop-up in the first round. Um, those three guys, their stock is definitely catching momentum. And Jeremiah – I don't want to say is like the reason, but he might be um, for the same reasons that he put Tyree Wilson at number three a month or two ago. Um, but those are the three guys I can see coming up. Um, Mozzie Smith is another one he had that I've seen a little bit, um, which in retrospect, guys like Keon White, 
are falling. Uh, Keanu White's falling. Yeah, Keanu, Keanu Georgia else? Tech. I'm trying to think of which one that would. Keanu yep. White's falling for a lot of the guys. Greasy. Oh, Billy. Uh, I don't. You know Billy White, or Billy White. I'm I'm reading, uh, trying to read another player's name. Walters. Billy Billy M. Oh yeah, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He he's not a big uh, Will McDonald guy. He said the you know and he's waffled back and forth a little bit about the the stats, but he he made a good comparison to somebody from years past where it's like it feels like this guy and everyone mocks him and it's just like yeah you're middle of middle, middle of the second round I'll find the tweet eventually but he was he wasn't so he wasn't so high on McDonald I am seeing McDonald a little higher and then you did see and again Billy it's Billy M underscore ninety one on Twitter yeah I know he exactly. is, do you, I, mean, I know who you you know who he is. He's been a great um, follow. He's definitely a uh, contender for rookie of the year in terms of draft people that I started paying attention to this year. That's that's what we should do. Is like our our favorite. Uh, here's a guy you should follow if you like draft stuff of the day, and we'll we'll make Billy our guy this week. So Billy <laughs> at Billy M underscore ninety one. I think he does some stuff with uh, maybe Lions, but he's a good one too for just. He just follows everybody on Instagram and quickly grabs Instagram stories from these prospects. Like two hours ago, Will McDonald uh, posted a picture. He was in Lambeau Field. He's visiting the Packers. You know, obviously that's probably a trade back kind of situation. Who knows? But there's a lot of that. And you see Luke Lucas Van Ness visiting the Eagles this morning. That's I think he's my one. favorite, Van Ness. Like Van Van Ness has gotten a lot of steam in this moved up too, but yeah, a visit isn't end all be all, but it matters. Like this team has invited you, that means that they're interested enough in you know either taking you with their one of their picks or moving down or having you, you know, if this guy falls to us, I'm very interested. I want to I want to know more about him. So the the visits do matter. Something to keep track of for sure. Yeah, and uh, another guy like Miles Murphy, he since day one was a guy that I was just like, he's going to fall where for the last week, it seems like, which I don't think they had their pro day. Maybe they did. It seems like he's starting. He is regaining life um, into the top 10, potentially top 15 where I was seeing him out of the first round. Um, And then Nolan Smith is one that like Nolan Smith's standard deviation rivals, Bijan's right now where yeah. Nolan can be I mean I think I saw Charles Davis put him at six today um, and then I'm also seeing which when I'm reading mocks and I'm seeing him 20 or later like, I'm starting to like what are you doing pal um, but there's enough of them there in the 20s that I just have to you have to swallow it but like his range like, I think top 15 is way 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 more likely than 20 or later. Um, and then Van Ness, high range. He's probably my favorite. I wish my name was Lucas. It's way cooler. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that is, uh, I did find the tweet finally. He compared him to, uh, I, I feel like I should be able to say this guy's name better too because he played for the Gophers. But uh, Maeve, uh from Minnesota last year that was kind of getting some steam into the first round. Did get taken by Seattle a little little later. Um, but that was another one, too, where I wonder about that. I guess edge rusher, sort of, but he was more of an outside, could play some off ball. Like, he's a linebacker, whereas McDonald's more pure edge. 
So mm-hmm. I think that matters too, because if you want an if you want an off ball linebacker, and we talked about this extensively with Dr. Eric last night, there's a trillion of them in free agency, and you can have them at a decent price because it's not a it's not a position of need. Whereas edge, offensive tackle, quarterback, cornerback, those are spots that you want to draft because you want to be if you nail it, you want to be able to get this guy on the cheap for five years because it's so it's just crazy if you can have a, a high-end left tackle on a rookie deal to go with maybe uh, you know a shutdown corner on a rookie deal all of a sudden you can do a lot of different things where hey you've got a really good off-ball linebacker on a rookie deal it doesn't really move the needle as much as far as team building so it, it's I think just, it, uh... it, it does matter it does matter what position you know what's up i i just i i never read the comments and i was going through them and calhoun is uh cracking me up and I don't see if you have guys working today. He's probably just watching golf, uh, tracking our tracking our rainmakers. I'm just going through the questions because I don't think we've ever taken questions. Which Matthew Link asked about my Google Doc, which it is available, which I haven't posted about it yet uh, publicly until the over unders are out. But if you go to VegasRefund.com, it is very cheap. Um, it is not going to be free this year. It's thirty five dollars, um, and it's a quick. Quick checkout. You'll have access. There's been a, a few people, uh, more actually as a day you that throw I've in a t-shirt? figured out that it is available, that are in purchasing, which is great. But yes, VegasRefund.com. It's the only thing available to purchase. It's right there. Promo $35. code Andy for 10% off. <laughs> that is not true. For, for a, uh, what's the t-shirt Calhoun got when he bought a Vegas Refund? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know if you have the merch anymore, but yeah, you used to have a the Vegas refund t-shirts and our friend Calhoun, anyone who does gambling Twitter, especially golf Twitter knows Link Calhoun. He's a wild card or Astros baseball Twitter, I guess he ordered a Vegas refund shirt and it's drop shipped. And the people that handled it sent him the wrong shirt. And it was a shirt commemorating a really cold stretch of days we had in Minneapolis. It was like the great Minnesota freeze. Like, remember where you were because it was like, it, we didn't get to, we didn't get to zero or above for like 13 straight days or something ridiculous. It sucked. So Cal, Cal has that shirt still. He likes to post that. Uh, I feel like there was one other question. Um, um, and you did kind of answer this, but Ryan says, feel like the books had over-unders up by this time last year. Um, yeah. They did 100%. And then the second question is, think they'll hold back limit drastically more this year. What's been up the limits? I mean, what what are the limits looking like at the legal books for some of these markets? It's not been different than last than other years. They're still not wild, I don't think. But are you, from your perspective, are they similar to in years past? Um, yeah, which like Fanduel is the best gauge. Just type in like the highest yeah. number and wait for them to say limit. Uh, where like every type of bet has a different limit on DraftKings. Yeah, um, I would assume like Fanduel has been great so far where we definitely had over-unders at this time last year, but I don't think we had from what I've like looking at my stuff last year, I think I made two bets with like this month and then 90% of them were next month. Yeah. Or usually they have like five over-unders up by now, like usually having to do with the top five picks, et cetera. And then around this time is when, more guys started coming out. So yeah, they're definitely holding back a little bit, but, and I think it's unique to somewhat of the year where 
Bears trade, Cardinals trade is kind of creating like chaos, which we love chaos, or two set a line that they can really get leveraged if they put them out right now in a market that is a highly leverageable market. Um, so I think that's part of the reason. And but like again, I think they're coming this week. Um, I wouldn't wow. expect a lot. Like I would probably expect like the guys in the top ten at the very most. Um, I really, I really thought usually, like. I really thought once we got the Bears trade done with, they would just say, "All right, fuck it, here it Same. is." I Same. don't, th- I, I, I don't think the Cardinals possible trade has no bearing on this, but I really think it should, it shouldn't have so much. Like guys, just put some number, like put put hundred dollar limits on it or whatever. It's just, just put them up. And I, I believe points bet. I do not believe there's going to be offering over under this year because they tried to be the leader in the draft market last year, just like Circa did the year before. And um, they got never gutted, want to be um, the leader, which Circa got gutted and they didn't the next year. And I'm assuming it has to do with points bet, but DraftKings definitely behind. FanDuel's usually a little bit after DraftKings, but draft FanDuel has more than DraftKings now. And Caesars is not behind. They usually offer the most, but they are waiting until around now or like next week. So I'm not worried about yeah. like Caesars. I didn't expect them to have anything. Yet, um, and then bet 365 just basically copies DraftKings, MGM. Yeah, I was gonna say, I went over to points, but I feel like they only have first overall up. That was it. Yeah, they have six of them, they have like six markets up, like the regular, like first tight end, first sure. corner. Okay, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna, unless you have anything else, I'm gonna call it a week then. I mean, mean, I'm going to go home and just, I'm not working anymore. I'm done for the week. No Friday. Living the dream, baby. Not really. I got some writing to do, but uh, no, if you have any other questions, obviously hit us up on Twitter. This is on YouTube. So even if you didn't watch it live, you can certainly leave a comment below and it'll, uh, it'll send us a little notification so we can answer that as well. Uh, Go follow Billy that we posted on the screen. Go check out VegasRefund.com if you do want that. Or it is. There's gonna, are, are you doing one for the NBA too? What? Uh, like a sheet? Did you you did one for the NBA, didn't you? Yeah. What do you know? I just yeah. I didn't care as much. I just I just really needed one pick to have it. I did. The yeah. sheet wasn't as important in the NBA. I just really needed one thing specifically to happen to kind of make my nut in that one. So. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. We'll we'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we're just an entire episode built around some overs and unders. Please.